Hi, I'm Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. I'm the author of ETS for the Long Run, Dividend Stocks for Dummies, and a contributor to Forbes.com and Barron's. Each week on Two Question Tuesday, we randomly pick and answer two questions from clients of Focused Wealth Management. This week's questions will be answered by Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focused Wealth, and Michael Passante, the firm's Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Mike. Okay, today's first question comes from Chris in Chester, New York. He asks, diversification is one of the key strategies to help sustain a balanced portfolio. There are several types of investments that we can allocate to. One type of investment that people are not too familiar with are private equity funds. What are the pros and cons of this type of investment? Can focused wealth get me can get me into this kind of investment? And what are the costs of owning it? Okay, good question. So private equity um, typically, well, one pro would be that they're typically more illiquid investments. It's also a con. It's a pro because private equity you typically buy, you stick it in a draw. You know, it's got a development period, a holding period, generally a long-term period. So 10 years minimum uh, type of strategy. Um, there are some, you know, really great things you can do with private equity, especially in, in bad cycles. So when the cycles, you know, you have a 2009, 2010 type, type of scenario, uh, you can really get into some great projects for pennies on the dollar. Uh, during the maturing phase of private equity, when those items start to sell off and, and you reap the benefits, also a good time to own private equity is you're making quite a bit of money. Now, at our firm, we prefer the liquid uh, companies uh, that embark on private equity deals uh, through the years, uh, whether it was Blackstone, Carlisle Group, KKR, uh, present some really interesting opportunities uh, with a lower expense strategy to own those and, and really some good dividend plays as well. Uh, now, if you look at a lot of those prices, that group has certainly run. Uh, so, you know, the, they're really in a, in a period where they've they've made a lot of money. Uh, they're starting to, you know, generate some cash flow back to clients. And because of where the markets are right now, short term, they've come back down. So there might be some interesting opportunities uh, in some of those holdings as well. However, I think I'd really take a long term look at where you are in the economic cycle. And just like you commit to anything, whether it's a stock, a bond, private equity, um, you know, asset prices have really run over the past decade. And I think deals are less attractive today uh, than they've been at any time in the past. You also want to make sure that you're dealing with the top tier private equity companies uh, and not, you know, smaller deals that have illiquidity and whatnot. So again, I would encourage it, whether it's the Black Rocks, the Black Stones, uh, the Carlisles, the KKRs of the world, uh, those are the companies that we have preferred to use over time because their expertise, their liquidity, uh, and having uh, good access to deals. Uh, I do sit on uh, some some foundations where we are embarking on private equity as well. And now the deals are really aimed at a lot of infrastructure globally. Um, and I worry about that. Um, I worry about where we are in the economic cycle and whether private equity makes any uh, sense right now. I think that all asset classes are, are a little bit overinflated, except maybe fixed income. And so I don't see value where I used to see value. Yeah, that can be really tough, too, because, I mean, the argument for private equity is it's a non-correlated asset because it doesn't completely move with, equi with equity prices, right? But 
it's obviously a liquid. The pricing can be incredibly volatile because you're trying to price an asset that's not liquid. And I've read a number of articles recently. I mean, you look at the equity space and valuations have certainly come down over the course of recent months as inflation has kind of wreaked havoc in a lot of uh, sectors amongst the equity space. But private equity valuations probably haven't come back in line with some of that. And if you look at all the IPO frenzy that happened in late 2020, early 2021, not a lot of those companies have really performed well. So that's another testament to what's going on in private equity. They really need IPO activity and for companies to continue to go public for that space to really work um, at a really high level. Okay, and here is question number two. Last week, the inflation report from March came in very hot at 8.5% growth over the past year. That's the fastest rate in 40 years. And the producer price index jumped 11.2%. That's the highest rate on record. Stocks are said to be an inflation hedge. Where should I be putting my money to protect myself against rising inflation? So this is, we've showed this chart so many times, which is basically the performance of asset classes across the board when inflation gets north of 6%. Almost every asset class has a negative real rate of return in that particular environment. So what we're looking at across the board, I really think that inflation peaked last month. Um, If you look at the performance of, not necessarily performance, but if you dig down deeper into the crux of the report, Core inflation actually went down on a month-over-month basis. So what you're really looking at is a lot of items that would be X, what is being pushed up by the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, are sequentially going down on a month-over-month basis. So as the base effects of inflation continue to increase, and by base effects, I mean what happened with inflation in 2021, because that's where we're comparing against, if the metrics don't continue to go up, currently by the same level and the same variable, then inflation is going to start to roll over in coming months. And a year ago, inflation really started to accelerate. So that supports inflation topping out. It's probably not going to go down that much though, unfortunately. We're probably looking at the mid fives. So the other problem that we're contending with is what the Fed's doing right now. And I think that is one of the reasons why a lot of asset classes are actually down. So the Fed is probably on a trajectory of hiking 50 basis points per meeting until inflation really materially rolls over or we go into a recession or something breaks in the financial system. Um, The one easy way to get inflation lower is to curb demand via some type of recession. And it sort of seems like the Fed is intent on doing that with the composition and the structure of the yield curve and the fact that they really haven't backed off. So the Fed's only hiked rates once. The market has hiked rates nine times (laughs) because of where short-term treasuries are at. So if you think that inflation is peaking, and you think inflation is potentially going to roll over into the middle and the back half of the year, with the math certainly suggests that, and economic growth would appear to be slowing toward the zero bound, anything with long-term rate sensitivity should perform rather well. You're talking about real estate, um, real estate investment trusts, utilities, um, and even fixed income, longer duration assets, um, not necessarily corporates yet, because I still think that corporate bond spreads relative to treasuries have some negativity toward them, meaning they will widen as economic distress materializes. But I think longer term duration assets with rate sensitivity as rates start to move back down, because you haven't seen interest rates move with 
any underlying economic variables so far throughout 2021 as or, I'm sorry 2022 as growth has slowed so I think that at some point the gravity of what's happening in the economy is going to kick in so I have two follow-ups for you Fire. number one when you say long-term duration you're talking the 10-year and the 30-year basically if treasuries yeah Okay, so start looking into buying those at this moment if you think it's going to be turning over. Longer duration it, bonds. It doesn't yeah, necessarily it, it, have it to be up on that 10-year man close to three. I don't know how you don't start positions and, and, and start buying there. I really don't. Okay. And um, when you say inflation is rolling over, inflation is not going to be falling. You're saying it's going to be growing at a smaller rate. Correct. Yes. It's disinflation. It's not deflation. There are very few periods of time where we've been in a deflationary environment historically. Um, deflation is really bad. We don't want that. Um, this is more disinflation where prices increase, but they increase at a slower pace uh, than what we've seen throughout the, the entirety of 2021 and for the majority of 2022 so far. So we're looking at a disinflation environment where asset classes can perform well. And realistically, when inflation got north of 6%, that's when the market really started to wobble, like in mid-November, December, and you really haven't seen a lot of asset classes be able to sustain any positive trajectory to the upside since then. Okay, well, you're talking, um, for instance, if something's a dollar and it goes up 8%, it's now $1.08. And if something goes up then 6% the next month, now it's about $1.14. So it's still where we're it's paying still going more, up. We're paying more for our goods and services. So are there stocks, areas of stocks we should be looking at? Most of the value segment of the market, realistically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I tend to think value can sustain their level of cash flows, their earnings in certain segments. You need inflation really to roll over. Um, for some segments of the market that would include you know, companies that don't generate a real lot of positive free cash flow and those super long duration assets to start performing better. Okay, But that's why utilities that pay dividends generate current cash flows now in the short to intermediate term timeframe can perform solidly Real estate yeah, I mean, investment your Con Ed bill or your Central Hudson bill. I mean, you know, costs have gone up markedly, right? So they have pricing power. Okay, thanks, guys. Anyone with pricing power. Yeah. Okay, thanks, guys. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our new email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com, and we will be back next week.